Shut up and sit down. Hi, everybody. This is a litany of privilege. I'm Joe Bell here today with uh, Ashley Bartlett. And today we're talking about what? What are we talking about, Ashley? We are going to talk about gender versus gender presentation versus biological sex. Okay. So like the gender that you're assigned at birth <laughs> versus yes. the one that you actually identify as. Yes. Okay. And then also the way that you are presented to the world and perceived by the world. Yeah. I think this is a really good because we started, we sort of got into this a little bit in our last podcast because, you know, we were talking about public spaces and, and why it's important to have a place for people who are um, non-gender conforming. And yes, it, it merged into this conversation about uh, trans women or trans people in general. And you had to like guide me back to the straight and narrow on what is and isn't gender uh, conforming. So go say things. <laughs> okay. So um, we know we use the term gender assigned at birth, um, or you just use that term and probably everyone doesn't know what that means. So basically, um, when a child is born, as, as Judith Butler would say, um, we look at it and, and we check out its genitals and say, it's a boy or it's a girl. Mm -hmm. And those assumptions are dumb because they are incorrect. So biological sex is genitals, chromosomes, biology, uh, your hormone makeup, all of that stuff. And it is not a binary. Just for the record, there one in a thousand births in the U.S. is intersex. That's the last number I saw. So already, from a purely biological standpoint, we are not talking about a binary. Um, even though it is inconvenient for a lot of people to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. But then also hormone levels uh, change over time. The amount that we get in the womb versus the amount that we produce when we're out, it's a whole shit show. That's probably a conversation for another day. Okay. Um, but then your gender is something that you are able to determine yourself. So the most recent studies I've seen say that gender is pretty well set by age three. So your youngest knew that he was a boy probably at age three. Okay. Now that is a little bit tricky because three-year-olds aren't great at telling us, Hey, my gender is this. Right. And even with parents like you who are like, you're super cool it still is hard for a kid to say, hey, this gender that you've been referring to me as is incorrect. Well, not just that it's, I mean, it's not hard because it's a difficult message emotionally to communicate to a parent like like uh, Noah has. Tara and I are very open to our children being whoever they want to be. But it is difficult in so much as a three-year-old likely doesn't have the language to express that. Exactly. Okay. And the words that they do have aren't necessarily something that you're going to catch. So it, it's a tricky situation with that. But, you know, we listen to kids and value the things that they say about themselves and let them identify themselves. And that's great, mm -hmm. theoretically. You know, um, this is this is really interesting, the whole idea that because, you know, you're 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 sort of flying in the face of of conventional understanding of, of gender, right? I mean, that's the whole point of this conversation. And um, 
my oldest my oldest child who's roughly your age right uh <laughs> she she and her wife were having their first baby and they you know they had the ultrasound and found out it's a boy and then they had a gender reveal party which was a lot of fun but uh I, maybe a misuse of resources and while we were there, I was laughing. I'm like, you do realize that in 10 years, the kid's going to tell you something completely different and we're going to have to do this party all over again. And they just laughed and said, yes, another reason to have a party. So yeah. should we be doing that though? The whole idea of a gender reveal or should we just stick with the neutral? I mean, I, I don't know. I think every parent kind of has to determine that for themselves. Um, on Grace and Frankie, which you've told me you haven't watched and you need to, the in the most recent season, um, one of the kids has children and or has a child, and so they do a gender reveal party. And uh, Lily Tomlin's character says, oh, no, um, this is the sex reveal party. We're going to have a gender reveal party in 10 years when the child determines that. Oh, you and go, Lily Tomlin. It's great because, yeah. like, it's not even a question. She just knows that in 10 years we're having another fucking party. Uh-huh. And so I, I think that you have to do, like, what's right for the parent, what's right for the community. And if you just want to throw a party, throw a fucking party. Right. Um. It, if I were having a child, which we know that I'm not going to, I would not have a gender reveal party because I don't like parties. Okay. So, well, so that's different. Yeah, but this party was, it was family. And you would have a party where you had your family over. So that's not really like, you know, this huge event. It's just a, an excuse for the whole family to get together. And by You're the whole family, talking to someone who didn't tell their mother they got married until after they were married. Okay, but you are currently at your in-laws' house. Add your mom and dad and their associated, you know, spouses to no, that mix, no. and that's that would be too the party. Many people. All right. No, all right. if we just look at our siblings, that's still like twenty people. All right. All right. It's oh. disgusting. I'll let it go. Thank you. <laughs> I don't like parties. <laughs> <laughs> now, the idea of announcing like, hey, uh, the baby we're having has a penis is an interesting thing. Um, there is a biology teacher at the high school that I work at who is a fantastic human being. And she is very, very careful um, when talking about biology to refer to biological sex. And since the language around that can be very tricky, she has developed this over the last probably five years. Um, she had a trans student uh, about five years ago who's genderqueer. And that kid was great at communicating, hey, this word that you used hurt me in this way. Hey, that word that you used could potentially mean this. And because of that, this bio teacher has completely reformed the way that she speaks about biology okay which is, but it wasn't just because that kid was willing to say it that kid was willing to say it because she was willing to hear it absolutely and they were such a great team for that year but since the kid graduated this teacher has been on it she's doing research on her own she's talking to her colleagues she's talking to trans kids she's doing all this stuff and it's great to hear her lecture because she says things like, if we're talking about people who are born with penises, or if we're talking about vagina-carrying humans, and... <laughs> I think I love this woman. That's great. She's fantastic. Nice. And, and it seems... I remember when we initially were having these conversations with this, this kid in her class, and she was like, how do we do this? And it seemed so difficult at the time, and now it's so natural 
Mm-hmm. It's so easy because, yeah, it's kind of funny the first time you hear it. But mm-hmm. after that, it makes so much more sense. Oh, yeah. I I love the fact that any adult who's an educator, first of all, in, but any adult who's around children, right? So that's literally the entire planet. I love yes. any, any one of them that's willing to, like, be open to learning somebody else's truth. You know what I mean? And that's what we're talking yes. about. Yes. And adapting something that is very complex, but at the same time, very simple. Mm -hmm. If you use this word instead of that word, then you will make this world kinder for me to live in. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's fucking huge. And it's huge that the kid felt safe enough to say it, but it's even bigger that she felt secure enough to engage that conversation as well. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So we talked about biological gender or biological sex. See, I'm already doing it wrong. I know. I know. Because sex and gender are different. Yes, they are. Because gender is a construct and sex is a physical part of your your body, right? Which can be changed, which yes. doesn't have to be changed. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, all of these things are malleable. And then we have gender presentation, which is where you and I enter the conversation because I have a masculine gender presentation and you have a gender non-conforming gender presentation, which is to say you don't look like a boy. You are probably not mistaken for a boy, but are you a traditionally presenting female? No. Okay. So, I mean, how many pairs of cargo shorts do you own? Be honest. Oh, none. I don't. What the fuck? No, I don't have cargo shorts, but I have like, you know, those, uh, those cool basketball shorts. That's what I have. Oh, of course you do. And have you ever purchased clothing that was meant for camping and worn it not for camping? Of course. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So many queer people do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but then for me, I am mistaken for a boy frequently and it doesn't bother me. Um, it has never bothered me, but it bothered my parents a lot when I was a kid. And they were ready to throw down with anyone who misgendered me, which is nice in theory. But in practice, what they were doing was just teaching me, hey, the way that you look is going to be misinterpreted. And there's something wrong with that misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. So instead of changing society as a whole or changing me which was good they still were trying to change the person who interpreted me and they needed to expand that out yeah so that was one of the things that when when before noah (laughs) announced that we needed to start referring to him as a boy uh, and to please use a completely different name before that he got his haircut (laughs) he got his haircut really short and he started dressing in in you know pretty standard you know boy clothes and I'm like dude I think you look amazing but you cannot be upset when old people call you son or boy or whatever and he's all that's all right I can deal with that and I'm thinking okay and it didn't yeah, even it's not a big deal it didn't even click at that point that maybe we were going somewhere else with this conversation <laughs> like I just went all right as long as you get it because you know yep I am happy to kick somebody's ass for you if you want me to, but, you know, I, I, it's going to take a lot of effort to kick everybody's ass if this is a big deal for you. Yeah. Well, and, and that's more of like a question. Does this bother you? Mm-hmm. Are you aware that it's going to happen? And that is different than 
everyone who misgenders him, you like jumping in. And sometimes like we want our parents to jump in and defend us. That's great. Mm -hmm. But we kind of need them to know where we're coming from. So like Noah kind of had to tell you, hey, by the way. Well, and I always ask before I react how, how, you know, we had an issue and this is not a story for today, but we had an issue with one of the neighbors and I was just like, Noah, you need to tell me, do you want me to go talk to this man or do you want me to let it go? And, you know, I went yep. because he wanted me to. So yep. I will. And that's key to find out what he wants. Okay, good. Because, well, because so many people just assume that they need to react in a certain way. And it's like for a trans kid, that could make their life so much more dangerous. And this is not from a parenting angle, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, as an adult moving through the world who has access to children, we need to be aware that calling someone on it might actually make the kid's life harder. Right. So uh, weeks ago, we recorded one of our first podcasts together. I think I was um, helping you out while Andy was gone. And I corrected your pronoun usage about Noah. Yeah, because I still get it wrong. And that is such a dangerous proposition outside of our relationship. I had a parent, um, I was in the middle of a meeting with the student and two and the parents and a counselor and all that. And one of the parents kept misgendering the kid and I quietly just corrected them. And I found out later that that had made the child's life hell. Oh no. Yes. And so that's an important reminder that while we think we're being helpful, um, it might not be. Yeah. Not everybody wants to, you know, empower their little queer kid, which is sad. No, no. And those people suck and shouldn't be parents, but you know, fucking straight people. Right. I uh, I like some of my favorite people are straight. I'm just gonna put that out there. So we don't... Dude, no, I totally get it. Like my brother's straight. Like I totally get straight people. Um, and like my parents are straight. So like <laughs> that worked out like... well for you. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate, right? So, but yeah, it's it's. But I don't even know that it's a, a straight parent thing because, you know, I would not choose for my child to have the harder path through life, right? And I'm sorry, but being a trans kid, that's not the easiest path you can walk. That's, he's, he's, he's put himself in a position where he is going to have conflict. But if that's what he needs, if that's where he is, then I got his back. But see, I don't know if that's true because yes, it it will be harder for him to move through the world. But also, um, he is going to see so much more of the world and understand so much more of the world than we comprehend. And because of that, his life will be richer and it will be more nuanced and it will be better in all of those ways. Yes, except for the fact that this particular path comes with a very, 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 very high risk of you know life ending violence as a absolutely and that is the part like yes uh adversity creates you know strength of character i totally on board for that but this goes a little bit beyond that no it absolutely does um it's more i posted something on twitter a little while ago and it was um a quote from a book that one of my former students had sent me um and below that she texted that's gay oh 
And it was fucking hilarious because these are the things that my students feel the need in college to inform me of. Hey, I found this quote in this book and it was gay. (laughs) And we have this understanding that there are things in the world that we see that other people don't see. And even if it's something as infantile or sophomoric as, huh, that's gay and so are we. Mm-hmm. That's still cool because we have this understanding that other people don't have. Yeah. Uh, Noah, we were at Pride the other day, last weekend, because in Vancouver it's late. And I bought him a button because everybody needs a button, right? And Obviously. He, he picked out the one that says homophobia is gay, right? Like, <laughs> and it was perfect, right? So, yeah, I get it. I get it. Totally get it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well chosen. Good yeah. job. He's Okay, so let's go back to gender presentation and actually define that. Yes, please. Um, so we have a binary system. Uh, binary means boy, girl, um, or just any system that has two parts. And binary gender is a lie because a lot of people step outside of that. So all of those gender roles that we assign to gender are constructs of society. And we think that certain things are boyish or girlish because we've been taught to think that. Mm-hmm. That goes for clothing. Um, in 50 years ago, you and I would have been arrested because our pants button and zip at the front instead of the side or at the back. Um, that's Those are how women's pants are supposed to be. Um, same with the way that our shirts button. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know if you wear men's shirts. <laughs> But um, as far as button-ups go, I don't know if you wear button-ups. Sometimes, but I typically am, you know, right now I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's a v-neck. There are no buttons. I also am wearing a t-shirt. It's Volcom. I got it in the little boys section. Pretty excited about it. Very nice. Um, But men's shirts button one way and women's shirts button the other. Um, Mm -hmm. Belts you're supposed to wear one way versus the other. All of these things are gendered because of a lot of really old rules that don't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But these are the ways that we determine that someone is boyish or girlish. Haircuts, short hair must be a boy, long hair must be a girl. Both of those things are incorrect. Um, People can grow hair or cut hair. And Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about gender presentation, Noah um, is non-gender conforming because he wears boys clothing and has short hair but also wears makeup and the makeup is the part that's non-gender conforming oh he wears makeup and nail polish and and he doesn't just wear a little bit of makeup but he puts it on he puts it on one of his favorite things to do is create like a little gay rainbow on his top on his eyelids so great Mm. love it yeah something that you and i probably wouldn't do because i don't like wearing makeup and neither do you um, no, and frankly, I'm not as good at putting it on as he is. Yeah, and I'm I'm decent at putting it on, but I haven't put it on in a good 15 years. Um, <laughs> I do like to paint my nails. Mm-hmm. My mom and I went to get pedicures at the beginning of summer because it's the beginning of summer and that's when you get a pedicure. Mm-hmm. Um, although, side note, for Vegas, I painted my fingernails pink and my toenails were like a light Tiffany blue. And with my skin tone, I realized that I was a walking trans flag. (laughs) Yay! Speaking of which, Noah got a new trans flag and he put it up at his window so all the neighbors can see it. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. At first, when we were driving back from Pride, he was flying it out the window, like window down, him holding it out the window so everybody could see his gay. (laughs) 
on blast. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. yes. Anyway, this is the way to do it. Uh, we're off track again. So tell me, what else? What else? Do we, what else do we need to do? What else do we need to know? Um, I think that we need to remember that these are all separate things, but all of them interact. So there's this idea of gender performativity, and I think this also comes from Judith Butler, who I highly recommend, by the way. If people haven't read Gender Trouble, read it. Um, it's very, very hard to read because Judith Butler is extremely smart. But um, take notes. You're going to need a no notes to get through a sentence, but you'll get through it, and it's worth it. So mm. – um, Gender performativity is the idea that we can perform gender all day long, but until someone reacts to the gender that we are performing, it isn't valid. So um, if we are interpreted as being a certain gender, then we become that gender in a way. So Noah can say all day long that he's a boy, but until someone calls him son in public, he doesn't actually become a boy because he's not perceived that way. So my gender is more ambiguous and I am perceived both ways in public and in some ways that's validating for me because I don't want to be perceived as one gender or the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. I mean, it's, I mean, I've heard the same basic concept, but in, you know, in a business arena and it basically just goes down to the idea that, you know, if it isn't written, it isn't real, which is slightly different. But the idea is that until it's acknowledged in writing, it doesn't exist. So you can say things all day long, but until it's made public via an announcement, it's not real. So it's the same kind of thing, only, you know, slightly different announcement mechanism. And yes. And that's actually a really good analogy, but also um, once you announce something via writing to the public, et cetera, if people misinterpret it, then it's not what you thought it was. Mm -hmm. And that that actually changes the meaning of the message. If it mm -hmm. can't be interpreted the way that you wanted it to be interpreted, that goes to writing. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter what you wrote. It matters what everyone else read. Right. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I try as, you know a parent of a little trans boy, I try very hard when we're, because I screw up the gender and people correct me all the time with the, the pronouns and I appreciate being corrected because I'm trying so hard to get it right. And, you know, I get his name right all the time now, unless I'm looking at pictures of him when he was little, because those yes. pictures, those pictures are of Lily, not Noah. Um, so that one's, that one's tricky. Uh, but uh, when we're out in public around you know, and surrounded by other people, I make a point to use, you know, words like son and things like that, just because I know that it matters. Absolutely. So. It's huge. And then other people can um, interpret from the way that you are reacting to him, how they should react to him. And that's hugely validating for everyone. He gets very excited when, you know, people get it right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Of course he would. Yeah. It's very cool. It's being seen. Uh, but you know how scary it is to watch your, your baby go into, you know, a public men's restroom when there's other people around, not <laughs> when it's empty, but just knowing how much, how much jeopardy he's putting himself in because of that, because people have this, you know, they have ideas of how yes. you're supposed to look for a specific gender. Right. And so. <sighs> yes. People are, are evil. Yeah. It's hard to watch. And, you know, I'm not going in the men's room with him. No, but you would if you heard him call out. So. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. 
it's not really something to be concerned about. I mean, it is. It totally is. I don't want to invalidate your fears. But um, but he's going to be okay, and he's a badass. He is. He is indeed a badass. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I know because I've met him so many times. Yeah, I, yeah. I always say, you know, I really, you really should meet my friend Ashley. And he's all, I don't know who this person is, Mom. And that's <laughs> really the end of it. Yep. <laughs> Just leave it alone. I know your so friends are. So you're saying the child has no interest in meeting a random adult. Uh, I think the child has met too many of my random adults mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. loves them all. Like all my friends that he meets, he thinks they're amazing, but he just is sort of like, when you present this person, then I'll get excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> Until then. Until then, just let it go. Okay. So we talked about biological sex. We talked about mm -hmm. non-gender conforming and we talk about gender conforming. So if somebody is born with a, a penis, but then... Mm -hmm. Um, identify as female and at a glance if you cannot tell that that is a transgender person then that person is gender conforming yes and regardless of what they are assigned at birth regardless of the genitalia they're born with um, their lack of a uterus or their possession of a uterus they if someone is purely female appearing or purely male appearing, then they are gender conforming. Okay. So um, if someone likes to have long hair and wears dresses and wears a full face of makeup, it doesn't matter what their genitals are. They're still um, gender conforming female, gender conforming women. Um, likewise, if someone wears jeans and t-shirts or suits or whatever and they have short hair and they have stubble then they are a uh, male conforming or so the things that we look at the gender markers that we look for in public mm. those things make us gender conforming now i think behavior also can make us gender conforming or gender non-conforming um i open the door for people I also like to sew. You and I were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a gender non-conforming behavior for my gender presentation. I present as more male. I do feminine things like paint my nails and sew, but I'm also drinking a beer. Yeah. And that's masculine. And I dig the fact that, you know, there's this, because this, this thing that you're talking about, this is very much part of, like, your generation, right? This is new for millennials because, you know, my generation, you pick one and you go with it. If you want people to think you're butch, you go with butch. If you want, you know what I mean? And yes. if you're a femme, you're a femme. You don't get to, like, be the butch who wears nail polish and, you know, yeah, so, and that's you fucking don't boring. Yeah, it's bullshit. And I love the fact that, you know, we've reached a point where this is what we do now. But I also think that there's such power in being gender conforming if you want to be gender conforming. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's such power in being butch or femme. Um, even for straight people, you know, bless their hearts. Did I use that correctly? Uh, yeah, um, you did. Yes, fucking nailed it. <laughs> um it's okay to be gender conforming as well. But that power comes from being comfortable with it and knowing that it belongs on you. Exactly. That's, that's where the power comes from. Okay, listen, I gotta, I gotta wrap this up because- You do. Yeah, that little trans kid that we keep talking about, he's at the swimming pool. 
with his friend. And I, knew, I know. Isn't it cute? He wears his little binder and a pair of Aww. boys' swim trunks. It's very adorable. Yeah. The other day, he had some adult say to him, hey, do you want to borrow one of my bras? Because yours looks really tight. And he just was like, <laughs> oh, and, you know, it made him Dude. really angry. But, you know, it was well-intentioned, but it made yeah. him angry. Anyway, uh, did we say everything we need to say on this subject? I feel like we could keep talking for another oh. hour, but... We could write a dissertation, but we, we can wrap it up. Let's let's do that. And then next time next time we podcast, let's do um, a vocabulary list because I think we need to talk about things like what does it mean to be intersex, right? Like that word came up yes. today. There's, there's a whole thing like what is cisgender? What is asexual? What is ace, right? Are those the same thing? They are, but how many people know that, right? So we need yes. to do a vocabulary lesson. Yes. Spoiler for next time. We're yeah. definitely doing a vocab lesson. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. I think that's really because uh, having language is empowering. So hard. Same. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, this has been another episode of a litany of privilege. I'm Joe Bell. Uh, that's uh, the other person that talked was my friend Ashley Bartlett. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Shut up and sit down.